So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. And I think that's like when I was referring to things that I was starting to see Mm -hmm. in interpersonal behavior and how people were valuing more what people were doing online and forgetting about the true acts of service and love that they were receiving in real life. Yeah. Because they are getting so lost in online. Yeah. And that's it. I think so from my experience in digital media, it's like, The only reason why I started doing this was because I wanted to build organic connections offline. Yeah. I wanted communities where people could be. And yeah, and some of some of Orange Juice, for example, came with. I remember the first time I cried because yeah. of like something online. Yeah. In the same day, I was I got two death threats. Oof. This is before doxing was a thing, fortunately, but two death threats, one from the KKK. Whoa. Because of miscegenation in my relationships and I was showing uh, mixed relationships and I was like, well, my parents were mixed. So like, thank you for telling me that you want to kill me because I'm showing mixed relationships Wow, and that I'm terrible and I'm evil and that also therefore my parents should be killed. Yeah. Thanks. That was awesome. And in the same day, a bunch of just people who had no respect for the LGBT community came Mm. after me. Mm -hmm. It was like the very extreme religious right Mm. came after me and I don't want to people's relationship with spirituality or religion is is their own deal but I don't think that when you start saying that you're gonna that you want to kill someone because they've been showing that's terrifying like non-heterosexual relationships yeah I don't think that you're really listening to the scripture right I don't think that's no I I, I think that maybe you should go back and read it again. Yeah. But that day I yeah. thought it was, and I thought it was so adult. I was like, in my 20s. Yeah. And, and I called my mom crying. Yeah. Crying. Cause I had received these two death threats in the same day. Vi- How did you receive them? Like, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. I got these YouTube threats. Um, like comments. Yeah. Comments about how they're going to kill me. Wow. And this is before we really had any recourse. So, you know, you could flag yeah. it, but it would take forever for them to go away. And so right. then it started a conversation with like other people and then people yeah. were fighting and wow. it was, and people were defending me, but then there were other people who were like, yeah, kill the bitch. Oh my God. And so I called my mom sobbing. Yeah. And fortunately my mother was like, you know, when you have people feeling this strongly about something that you're doing. Yeah. Be proud because it means that you're probably doing something right and you're probably doing something meaningful. If people yeah. are this polarized, yeah. you're probably doing something right. And that was like, I, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. But simultaneously, as much as that stunk, yeah. what I really remember is the personal emails that I would receive, and this goes into like how our information is out there, Yeah, personal emails that I would receive from, in particular, people in the LGBT communities yeah. in the Middle East where... Yeah we don't have gay people or it's a sin or it's a crime and having emails from those people saying, you know, I felt like I didn't have a family. I was suicidal. Yeah. I watched your show. Yeah. And I was able to connect with other people. I now feel like I have a support system and I'm now not suicidal. Wow. And so that to me, I was like, that is what I wanted to do. And and if that came with some death threats online, like before people knew how to dox, great. But 
I will remember the latter. Yeah. And forget the former. The for- Like, if you're upset, good. Yeah. yeah. Be upset, but check yourself. Yeah. But the fact that there were people who were like, I, I felt like I didn't have a family. I didn't feel like I had a support system. I yeah. was thinking about killing myself and now I'm not. Wow. And I'm like, that yeah, is amazing. taking something that you're doing online and making it happen in a way where there were communities that were created outside of that. People created like an orange juice group. Yeah. On, like separate from me yeah. where they could talk to each other. Yeah. And that, I think, was important. And I think that's the same thing with when you think about, oh, digital representation in, like, our new world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you have to remember that this is the medium and the tool. And yes, it could be a weapon, it could be a tool, but it is a tool that leads you to hopefully meeting people in real life. But, like, what, what I am afraid of is if we forget that end result what right. happens mm-hmm. and if what we value is what's like how many lights we're getting and who's like exactly oh, like yeah. if we just get stuck there yeah i do feel like we're stuck in the matrix yeah and that could happen yeah that could totally happen and, and that is a viable timeline and then the way that we date the way that inter- we interact could all yeah. change yeah and maybe we could find a way that that could be positive but i would rather just not go down that path at all yeah because i think it leads to dehumanization yeah. and i was reading a really interesting article this morning about how the part of the brain that determines our the part of the brain that controls dehumanization mm-hmm. is a totally separate and discrete part of the brain that just determines likes and dislikes interesting so for example if you've ever had you know known someone who's like oh i don't like that that ethnic group yeah but then and it might be a family member even but then you show up to like their poker nights and their barbecues and like half of their friends are and and i don't mean this in like i'm not racist i have a black you know like like literally people who are like i don't like any of those people yeah and so you're like ooh, cousin so and so but then you like go to their barbecues and you're like wait a second what the heck you're friends with these people and yet you're saying that you hate them all right and i'm like okay well then that make that is terrible but now i make it makes sense because if like and dehumanization are separate that's one way that that can express and then another way that that can express is if you look at what's happening at the border right Mm -hmm. we are separating children from their families yeah which is an act of dehumanization but then there are people who think they are adopting these children because they think they're so open-hearted yeah and you know accepting but in a proselytizing way they're gonna they have so much open-hearted love that they're going to adopt these children and proselytize them into the, and acculturate them into their own image. Mm. Right. And I'm like, that is dehumanization. Mm. And th- that that's another example of mm. like how dehumanization and dislike yeah. can be incredibly problematic. Yeah. And I think that what we're seeing with the abortion issue, yeah. which is a control issue, but also right. a lot of the language is paternalistic, but it's paternalistic while also being dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. And so all when I saw that article about the part of the brain that determines like or dislike is totally discrete and separate from the part of the brain that determines whether we humanize or dehumanize people, I'm mm. like, that is fascinating and mm. needs more of a deep dive. Yeah, especially in a, a like and dislike online culture. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, do you have any interesting war stories, like tales from the trenches of dating in yeah. in the modern era? Me? Yeah. Um, Have you ever felt uncomfortable or... Personally? Yeah, or how do you ensure your safety? Yeah. I guess personally, well, right now I'm in a relationship, so I'm not actively dating, but that's 
six months recent. Mm -hmm. So I was dating before then. I actually wasn't really online much. Yeah. I was a little bit. Like, I definitely know what I'm talking about when I'm in that arena. And, like, I have been in relationships with people that I met online. But I guess that, like, how I was ensuring my safety was meeting people through networks, usually. Mm -hmm. Or meeting publicly for, yeah. like, a while first. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Well, yeah, same. I think that meeting in person in public yeah in daylight in daylight for tea like yeah. sends a very strong message right it does of like i am concerned about my safety and i would like to know if we are both sane yeah yeah absolutely. and i want witnesses yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i think there's that yeah but yeah like with your clients like uh -huh. do you ever or do you feel like your clients have it's at this point like self-selective yeah definitely for first of all anyone who works out um reaches out to me who works out <laughs> mm -hmm. anyone who reaches out to me there's a certain level of vulnerability that even takes to admit oh actually like I could use some support in this area mm -hmm. of my life so that's a self-selecting factor and then also because I, mo I work mostly with men it's okay the these are men who like really actively want to understand a female perspective and are seeking out a female perspective to mm -hmm. help them understand a female perspective. Yeah. And who have reached a point in their life or kind of their priorities where this is an area of their life that they want to be really intentional about. And like now is the time to do it. Um, so basically you have built your brand to a yeah, point that yeah. it is self-selective in a way that is harmonizing with what you want to do. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That must have been hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. It continues to be a process yeah. too. Right, because I, I really only want to work with people who are serious about the undertaking mm -hmm. as well. We have fun with it, but yeah. but um it's my time and energy. So like I, I always I do like initial calls. I always I'm selective about who I work mm -hmm. with too. Um because all of those factors need to line yeah. up. So I do get some people who are just curious. That's totally fine. And I have kind of lower entry point service offerings yeah. for people who are just a bit more curious than serious. But the most fruitful work, the most fun I have is and the most growth that I see is with people who are like, okay, I'm hiring you as like my resource. For yeah, this. let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's redefine some shit. And the interesting thing, too, is the process is it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm very upfront about that too. It's like, I, you're not gonna throw a problem at me. We're not throwing money at a problem here. Yeah. Like we're gonna literally rewire your behaviors. Mm -hmm. So, and that's terrifying. Like yeah. you're going to be uncomfortable in this process. You're going to be scared a lot of the time. You're sometimes if I'm doing my job, well, I'm going to piss you off. Yeah. Do you also <laughs> so, find that they're frequently also in therapy? Or that that's like a sort of yeah a, a blind spot for them. So typically, people who kind of meet the criteria I just lined out have had some sort of therapy. Yeah. I I mean I think therapy is amazing. I'm also like really transparent that I have both a therapist and a coach. Like yeah. I couldn't do the kind of work that I do yeah without that support myself. Yeah, no, I think um, that like the way yeah. that we take care of our teeth, how are we not taking care of our brains? <laughs> Exactly. Like, that's just insane to me. Exactly. So yeah. so, yeah, most of them have been or or if they haven't been in therapy, they're very open to that. Because also, like, the intersection of what I'm working at, a lot of it, it's mental health adjacent. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So it it really doesn't work out to for me to work with anyone who doesn't um, see, who doesn't take mental health seriously or 
see that as a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so, so can I ask another... you another question? Yeah, Okay, absolutely. so considering the fact that when it comes to the underreporting of assault yeah. and abuse and things like that, mm-hmm. and the fact that, as far as I can tell, most likely if a man is looking to date a woman, yeah. like she is going to have been abused or assaulted mm-hmm. or raped or, you know, any number of things, like, mm-hmm. is statistically very likely. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you are are what do they need to know that's a great question I think that what I because I I also have a lot of guys come to me kind of unsure about the line between being like proactive in their dating lives and like being creepy and coming on too strong yeah so I really just always reiterate communication consent and then like allowing space for reciprocity yeah so that's really the biggest thing because also with those kinds of experiences someone will share that when and if they want to share that with you so allowing the space for someone to reciprocate wanting to spend time with you Mm -hmm. allowing the space or setting the tone for someone to feel comfortable sharing those things with you or like sharing anything with you so kind of like having an open channel of communication too And always in whatever move that they're making, allowing the space for reciprocation. Yeah. Because then it's a two way street. Yeah. And then that's not creepy. Like you're always within your right to like say, hey, I'm interested in you. But you always, always have to respect if the answer is no or the answer is, hey, like this. And and so I actually talk a lot with guys about when is it okay to if if you're into someone at work, if you're into your barista, if you're mm-hmm. like, when is it okay to like hit on someone and when is it not? Yeah. And like a place of work is actually really disrespectful. And yeah. I think that's something that just you, what I do is I help them see like, okay, from a woman's perspective, and this might not be something that you're super aware of because this isn't your experience, but safety is always a concern. Safety is always at the forefront of our mind. I'm all for, you know, talking to people in real life. I think it's okay to talk to people you don't know, but you have to like read the signs, make sure that there are people around so she feels safe. If she's alone at night, don't like yeah. <laughs> go talk to her. Yeah. Um, cause she's not going to feel safe. Yeah. So I think to your question, a few things I really emphasize are like always allowing space for reciprocity and like always making sure that you're getting that reciprocated interest, watching for it. Yeah. And like, Maybe go, if you're going to take the lead, maybe go 80% of the way, let her go 20. Yeah. Always making sure that she's actively choosing to continue participating. Yeah. And then... So the yes means yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes means yes. 